My name is Ricky Rigolato, the founder of Route the Service Platform. It's a sales platform for the commercial cleaning services industry. I am also the owner of Rosalato Services, a family-owned commercial cleaning company. So welcome to Cleaning and Cocktails, a show where I get the opportunity to sit down with cleaning industry experts and share stories, talk shop about the industry. So grab your cocktail, listen in, and I hope you guys enjoy the show. Today's sponsor is On The Rocks Premium Cocktails. It's bottled to bring the bar directly to you. You just gotta crack it and pour it. Hey guys, so today's episode is on branding and business development. They both correlate with your image, your logo, and the brand of your company. So let's start talking about how to build your company's brand and take it to the next level and stand out from the rest of the pack. Welcome to Cleaning and Cocktails another episode of some fun-filled talks, conversations with, uh, in this case, fellow entrepreneurs. Uh, these guys are my best friends. Uh, they, you know, I'll get into what they're doing and the, and the, the awesome stuff that they're, they're doing as business owners here in the Chicago area. Uh, usually, we're talking about cleaning experts. We're talking about the cleaning industry, right? Uh, in this case, I wanted to switch things up a bit because I, as I'm talking to so many cleaning business owners, I found that branding is an element that a lot of business owners are not falling short, but they, they they may need some direction. And I said, hey, I've got some good friends that are in the industry that they do it for me. Everything you guys see on you know in my office on social media has been developed, created, produced by these guys. So you know, without further ado, I want to get into just you guys. Tell me a little bit about yourselves. I know everything about you guys, but I want everybody else to get a little bit about. Carlo, get a little bit about Rich. Rich, why don't you start off? Give us, you know, how did you get into the scraping industry, let alone just being an entrepreneur? Yeah, I can uh, kind of open it up. Thanks for having us, by the way, Ricky. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Culture Studio is basically a merchandise company. Uh, we make products a lot like the stuff that you guys see with, with Route, um, and pretty specifically play in the music space. Uh, so we make music merchandise for touring and retail artists. Uh, so big box uh, retailers along with um, what used to be concerts. But uh, as the conversation we just had, we think they're going to come back pretty strong. Um, so we, we haven't always been uh, in the music industry. We started off in retail. So we had a brand of our own. I think that's what made us you know, good at kind of... Uh, understanding what the other side is looking for. We're actually on that side, uh, having a brand and retailing our products across the country. Uh, at that point um, in 2008, we decided that we had a hard time importing products. We actually still have a hard time importing <laughs> products to be yeah. completely honest with you. Um, China, specifically. Yeah, and uh, you know we, we weren't good at importing the products. We had a really hard time making those products in the in, in the U.S. around 2008, and so that's where the studio part comes from, Culture Studio. We decided that you know, we're just going to go up and open up a tiny, actually our first shop was probably smaller than this, uh, your office uh, that we got here. It was like 900 square feet, uh, the entire shop. So we made a little studio of our own, and uh, you know that ball just continued to start to roll. We assembled a team with uh, all the brothers involved, and... Um, you know, we grew that from 2008 to 900 square feet to where we are today, 50,000 square feet. 
uh, was almost 100 employees mm -hmm. on that side, um, and we produce some in the range of 40,000 units a day uh, out of the building. We nice. make every type of product that you can imagine, apparel, soft goods, hard goods. Uh, we got an insane new machine called the Hybrid Digital Squeegee mm -hmm. um, that I think is going to really change the way that decoration is done on the print side. But uh, yeah, that's hopefully a little open up if you have anything to add to that. Mm -hmm. yeah, we'll, get, we'll get into before getting yeah. into script writing, but Carlo, tell us a little bit about yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I'm Carlo Oviedo. I'm uh, the Chief Revenue Officer for Culture Studio. So that's a fancy word for just driving business and sales. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's a fancy word we gave me. But uh, yeah, we we got into this business, like Rich said, back in 2008 and uh, just started to really disrupt. And that's why I like what Ricky's doing with this podcast and talking about cleaning and everything is that that's, you know, it's a, it's a classic industry for sure. But just because it's classic and it's been around for so long doesn't mean someone someone can't come in and disrupt the hell out of it. And I think that's what Culture Studio really did. When you think about screen printing and you think about manufacturing, <clears throat> it's a pretty old school thing. It's old guys running the shops. It's it's second, third generation. Um, and I think the same thing is with, with cleaning. It's like a handed down from my dad gave me this and you know, my, my uncles gave me that. <clears throat> and... Uh, we just came in with the new energy and we shook things up a little bit. And uh, I think when someone comes in and shakes things up, you piss a lot of people off probably along the way, which, which is okay. It's okay if you, if you come and you say yes to everything and then figure out a way. <laughs> I think uh, if you, if you uh, looked at or interviewed one of our employees, one of our hundred, and asked, you know, what is, called, what is Carlos' thing? Like what, what, makes, what makes him different? It's the yes mentality. It's like, can you get this done? Can you do five five thousand Jonas Brothers T-shirts in one day and get it to to the United Center? Yes. And then you got to go back to the team and figure out if we can really do it. You know, that, how, guys, we just we just took an order for five thousand units and we have to hand deliver it to the United Center in four hours. How do we do it? But you know, it's it's that grit and saying it up front, but then going back to your team and figuring out how to actually get it done is is the beauty. That's that's the secret sauce behind the whole thing. So. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a cool ride. I'm sure we'll get a little deeper into it, but, uh, myself, Rich, and then we have two other brothers, uh, Joey and Nick. Uh, so family run in our own, in our own rights, you know, Rich, Joey and Nick are actually brothers and I'm kind of that brother from another mother mm -hmm. that, uh, we just grew up together, best friends, Rich and I, and, um, that family dynamic really works. I think only in one way, cause you always hear the horror stories, like family run businesses, they butt, they butt heads and like things don't work out. It works out in our in our world because Rich is kind of the, the business brains behind everything. If you got to get a hundred thousand million dollar loan from somewhere, he'll figure out a way to get it. He's got the business acumen. Um, me, I'll, I'll close a deal. I'll figure I'll figure out a way to close a million dollar deal. Joey is the the best at what he does in production, and Nick is. We were just talking about him before the show. He's the logistics king. He's got he's got the patience. He knows how to speak the language. And those are all skill sets that we don't have. So you take those four different pieces and you put the right people in the right seat and success comes from it. So Yeah. yeah. So, to, I mean, exactly why this is perfect because every element you guys talked on, it's relevant to us in the cleaning industry, right? right. So I'll go down the line where you guys said logistics. Our logistics is, you know, where, where staff is going to work at, right? Like we, you guys have the, you know, the brick and mortar where people work, which is yeah. one one battle in itself. 
where we have you know 50 locations that somebody has to go to and service so logistics we have to figure out scheduling how does that work yeah in a in a cleaning business everybody should have that person who handles that right mm -hmm. the business acumen do you know how much stuff i have to do on you know learn i have to learn i had to learn quickbooks i had to understand llc versus s corp i had to understand you know what software the team should be using that's that's another somebody else should be responsible that's another person, that's another yeah. person right yeah. like you're talking about production with joey that's like supplies inventory for us in the cleaning space like somebody right now they're doing inventory management i know not one thing <laughs> right. about that i know bits and pieces but it's it's it proves to me to prove to everybody in our space is running a cleaning business running a screen printing business running a plumbing business like we're service oriented so there's a lot of relevancy yeah. yeah, you know, and that's why I think this is great yeah. to talk because it's you guys are talking about we're going to talk about issues and elements and you know branding and what you guys bring to the table. But for everybody to know is these are things that we all mm -hmm. as mm -hmm. a cleaning business should be implementing and using yeah. too. Any business really, you know, yeah. it, these are things that are going to flow over to any business. And yeah, with like production with Joey, that could be who's the subject matter expert for you guys in the flooring, and then who's the subject matter expert on painting and the construction. Getting someone that really knows their crap in each one of those things adds value to the company in a whole. And so the main thing, and this is where you know I get some feedback from you guys, is everybody on our space to give you some insight, right? Is they struggle to scale, they struggle to go from the, the owner wearing multiple hats, like I did for the first couple of years, right? Mm -hmm. You lose, you don't, you don't necessarily trust somebody to come in and take that workload and delegate. But you guys have just said it with four people you've delegated four different roles. And I'm sure within the organization, there's way more other people that run other departments. But talk about that transition from when you guys were, you know, when I met you guys in the thousand square foot office, you were wearing every hat, going from, you know, producing a t-shirt to selling, to going to a fashion show. Rich is talk doing up. days of washing like, the talk, screen Talk about the transition the from you guys doing yeah. the work to when you figured out, damn, I need somebody else to do it. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I don't feel, unfortunately, not everybody is blessed to have, you know, for, for me, like three incredible brothers that all kind of each have thankless jobs, you know, because it's not like, you know, one of us is on a daily basis, like running over and be like, hey, great sale, you know, like, <laughs> good clothes, I'm, we're, we're in it, you know, and I think that's, that's yeah. something that we talk about often is, is removing ourselves a little bit from the business and, and you know, like, you know, being a, a lot more thankful for each other's role and, and the time that we get to spend with each other. But, um, you know, in the, especially in the times like we have today, you know, that we find a whole greater appreciation for each other's roles when times get tough. You know, you start to look at that other person. You know, I mentioned Nick, you know, who's a logistics expert. Like, I wouldn't even know where to start. Like, mm -hmm. where, where, what is the air bill and where you know what where does it fly what is the route who's the carrier what is the, 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 you know the bol like yeah. I, I don't even know what a bol was you know <laughs> not, like just i think have a serious found respect for everybody's role um that is often kind of thankless that's like because you you're in it together so you don't necessarily think about um you know showing appreciation for each other's role but mm -hmm. you know my my suggestion is that if you haven't been uh, as lucky as i have to you know kind of be born into the family of the team you have to assemble that essential crew and if that essential crew is made up of two people then 
you know, you parcel that off and you make sure that each one of you are doing something that the other one appreciates. Mm -hmm. um, you can't be doing the same job because that's when, you know, it starts to you know, have an element of like, well, I'm doing all the work and, and you're yeah. not, you mm -hmm. know, but whether that crew is two people or 10 people or 50 people, um, it, you know, it's important to put that team together where uh, each one of you are doing a job that is equally uh, of value, even though you may not high five and pat on the back every day, um, you know, it, you know, you still have appreciation for the role that they, that they serve. And that's scalable. Um, as if you add a HR person, you know, Carl and I could say, uh, on zero days out of the year, we want to do Annabelle's job. Yeah. Uh, zero days, you yeah. know, like not one day I wake up and it's like, you know what I want to do? I want to handle her problems, yeah. you know, like, um, and, and you look for people that have the skill set to, to handle that role. Okay. Um, and I, I think, you know, when you find somebody and you bring them into the internal circle, you know, where you're a differentiator in the business, you really hold on to those people. And, um, you know, that's, that's the scalability that I think starts to happen is, you know, you go from two core people to four and four core people mm -hmm. to 10. And then, you yeah. know, you continue that. You have to want to scale though, too. Yeah. I said that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So us, Sometimes we, we, think we naturally talk about scale because that's, that's who we are. We're built as entrepreneurs and founders of our companies. We want to grow. Not everyone wants to grow, you know, which is crazy to me. It doesn't fit our personalities, but, you know, if you don't want to grow, then, yeah, fine. Do QuickBooks yourself and, you know, do your social media yourself and do your sales. But you're only going to get to a certain point. But, you know, you're talking about riches is talking about scaling. Yeah, you then have to start putting the right people in the right place. And you got to have the culture to want to scale. Yeah. And it's funny, like, it's weird. Sometimes it's almost a little corny when we talk about culture because... <laughs> Our name is culture. Stupid name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like I was doing an interview with somebody today, actually, you know, virtually, and she's like, "I'm like, what do you care most about in the company? Like, what makes you make your decision for where you want to work?" She's like, "This sounds corny, but it's culture." She's like, "I don't want to just say this because I'm on an interview and your name is Culture Studio." Yeah. But I'm like, "Yeah, I mean, it's it's okay. We chose the name because yeah. we're gonna have conversations like this because culture yeah. is so important. Yeah. And our culture, and I know Ricky's is as well, and his company is like." How can we disrupt and how can we grow, take over market share and just continue to grasp bigger and bigger goals? And like I, the funny thing, I've known Ricky for a long time and he's the, one of the grittiest guys I've ever met. He's, like he's a jack of all, all trades, this guy. And the funny thing is like every time he calls me, it comes up Ricky North Star Lending. Oh. <laughs> Remember when you were first? Yeah. <laughs> when I was working there, yeah. working with you guys. Cause I, he used to, I yeah, he used to work with do. us on yeah. sales. I know screw pretty much. Yeah. So it goes Ricky North Star London. It always reminds me how this guy's always had like five different jobs. He's always been pushing forward, trying to do something, trying to figure out which was which thing was gonna be the right thing. Um, and I always joke around with him too. He's like, I'm hey Ricky, what's your email? Because he's got 17 different emails in my phone. <laughs> he got Rosalado, and he's got this one, he's got when he was a, a doorman, and he's got this <laughs> he got 14 different emails, but it shows the grit and tenacity of a founder, and you can see what so, you've already done with this place yeah. that that drive that you have you know spills over into the culture that you have and that is even more important when you want people to push their limits to to have a good company culture yeah. and that's where branding comes in i think yeah. you know so let's so right before branding though one thing i did want to talk about because hearing both of you guys talk about this and i know because i hear people when they message me and ask me questions on what so scaling 
you can't scale if you don't have the right people that you choose. But the, the, a topic that comes up and something that I struggled with too was you need revenue to come in to pay for a $50,000 salary position, right? Or, you know, you, you need the cash flow to hire. Like, it's not that people sometimes don't want to hire a operations director, a supervisor, a new person. It comes with money. So, like, I, I've always tried to understand the formula behind when do you hire that that executive level, management level, because hourly is different, right? Hourly is you probably have an account or you guys have an order. It's a variable, or, cost. It's a variable cost that comes with production. Yeah. Where if you have to hire a management executive level, like when is it that time you say, hey, damn, our bottom line or our profit margin was 10%, we're going to have to take a hit at five to hire X, Y, Z to take us to the next step. Like how, how do you guys determine when you're hiring management level people? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say, you know, we're a wildly process-driven organization so that we allow ourselves to think. And if, that, if I could summarize, you know, that, that the whole concept is like we build extensive processes. And then in that process, if there's a, a person that is needed... That that's when we'll go out and, and get the person. You, you know, very often at the sacrifice of profit, or at the sacrifice of uh, many things. You know, I mean, um, profitability has actually like, been that's a, speaking a Greek right? word to us. Well, yeah. You know, for leading up to to the last couple of years, you know, we've we've always chosen <laughs> growth over, you know, taking money out of the company or being profitable. But um, you know what. I think if, if I could add to that is that I don't necessarily believe that the word scaling equals hiring. Um, I think the word scaling means further establishing the process. Okay. And part of the process is, is being thoughtful. Uh, you know, I'm more like the process guy. Like I'm, I engineer everything to work perfectly. And then Carlo comes in really nicely on top and says, Okay, does everybody understand how to do that? Okay, now use your discretion. Mm -hmm. Because if you have no process, you have to think the entire time, and that wears people out. It wears me out. <laughs> uh, you know, like, we left the, gar the, the garbage on the back porch. Yeah. You know, I live in Lincoln Park. I had raccoons tear the whole garbage out. Yeah. If I have to think all day long, I exhaust myself. Okay. So process allows me to say, okay, this is how we do something. This is how we accept a credit card. This is how we process an order. This is how an order flows through the organization. So then when somebody says to me, hey, I have an opportunity for a thousand units, full color process, boom, 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 boom. The process says that I should charge them this amount. Can I charge them this amount minus 20%? I'm like, yeah, for sure. Like it's, it's an easy thought because I'm not thinking the whole way through. The process gets me 80% of the way and then I can think for that 20%. Mm -hmm. Wow. So that's, a, I mean, that's, that's a great point because, okay, so sidetrack conversation here. Again, this is when we're having some good combo is mm -hmm. scaling doesn't necessarily mean hiring. Mm -hmm. Scaling definitely not. could mean improving your process to expand the production and technology. It yep. could be, you know, that's all scaling. Okay. Because a lot yeah. of people would probably think scaling means I need to build my team. Yeah. Scaling means I need to go to another state. Yeah. That's not necessarily, right? And I think, you know, 
That's a great, yeah. great point. Not, not necessarily people, but it could be the process. It could be technology. It could be you know different things that you can add to the process that makes it a little easier. Okay. Um, I might be biased, but I believe that you know scaling starts with sales. In my, in my opinion, you know, mm-hmm. you have to have sales in order to then scale, whether it's people, whether it's process, because you can have the best technology in the world, you can have the best process in the world, but if you have one dollar of sales. What's it, gonna, what's it gonna give you? Like sales cures everything. Sales cures everything. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if it was um, somebody said that. I, I, I say that all the time. Someone a lot like, smarter no. than us and a lot richer than us said uh, that. Said that. You know, and uh, yeah, it's like, or even like, if you need to go out and get funding, like, did you focus on sales first? A real quick way to get a loan first is close a deal. Yeah. You know, it's like That's, I think dude. Mark Cuban said it. Mark Cuban's like the first. If you want to get a deal, just just go close a sale first. Yeah. Get a thousand dollars in revenue. You don't have to get a loan application. You don't have to wait and get your credit ran. You don't have to go through all that bullshit. Just go and close a deal and then close a bigger one. Uh, now, I'm biased because I'm on, I'm on the sales side of things, but I ju- just imp- more importantly, like even with this crisis going on, I, I have even more found respect for the production side of things, the supply chain side of things. Because when you're forced to shut down, in most business cases, you have, you have this, this shutdown, you can still get the sale. And then you go and try to subcontract to someone that's closed. Yeah. It's like, all right, now you have the sale, but you can't get it done. Yeah. So you have to have a lot more appreciation for all the things behind the scenes. And I think through a crisis, those things really get highlighted. Right? Yeah. So, man, we could keep going. Yeah, we could keep going. So, but uh, the main emphasis of this this episode is branding, right? As you can see, you know, my shirt, you know, over here, I'm, coffee coasters, you know, behind, uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of the stuff that I do is branding because I feel like it, it carries a message of who you are as a company. And for you guys out there is, these are my go-to guys for branding. These are my go-to guys for my apparel, my merchandise, my you know, stickers, my face mask, just the face mm-hmm. mask for me. Talk to me about, you know, you guys do a lot of stuff with the entertainment and the event, you know, event venue spaces. But what, what does branding mean to you guys? Like why, why, why should a small business owner always have a line item for branding? Yeah, go ahead. Let me take that one. Yeah, yeah. All right, there. I think there's a I, Yeah, I think there's a a few different things. Like you, you obviously have like brand recognition and trying to. I think Ricky was just telling me before the show that um, there's a million cleaning companies or something, and, and a million cleaning companies in the U.S. How do you stand just, out? Just the U.S. Yeah, yeah. So how do you wow. stand out? And and I always like. I don't know if you ever. You can Google it. You can just jump on Google and say like most recognized brands in the world, and they only show you fifty percent or twenty five percent of the logo. And you can name each one of them. Yeah. So you can look at 25% of the logo and know that that's Apple. Know that that's, you know, Mercedes. Mm. Just by looking at 25% of the logo, that shows how powerful brand recognition is. Mm. So when you're in a saturated market, if you could really figure out a way to get out of that and stand out, you're already ahead of the game. Yeah, um, so that's one way. But another way is I think now more than ever, people talk about culture as staff and employees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go there. Yeah, that one. Go there. No, oh, yeah, shit. Yeah. Don't, don't mix the drinks. Don't yeah. mix the drinks. At least I'm, I could be your bartender. <laughs> On the rocks. Um, yeah, but like, you know, what, what would I like when I walk into the route and I walk in here, I already know Ricky's colors are black and white. So now you got, you got the brand identity. You got the logo recognition. You have your color palette that should never sway. And I know Rich will talk a little bit about staying true to your, to, to the core, what do you call it? What's the words? Branding. Yeah. Well, like what your do you call it? Brand guidelines. Yeah. Yeah. And, and even guidelines. having your brand guidelines written out in a PDF, like never sway. 
you might hire a goofy uh, marketing guy and he might start using blue as your color. Like, well, that's not my color, it's black and, it's black and white. As soon as you divert from that, you get a, you get a, little, a little weird. And people are like, well, what's going on with these guys? They don't know who they are. Um, so I know Rich will talk a little bit about that. But when I come back to culture, it's like there's a, there's a unity of team as well. Like I see so many pictures on, on Ricky's social media where he's got all of his team in the middle, almost like a sports team saying, are you ready for this? Let's go. I don't know if you guys are breaking from the middle. But everyone's rocking a route logo. So there's a sense of like, okay, I'm joining a team that, that has unity. They have a cause. They have a purpose. They have a mission. They're trying to disrupt. And we're all wearing the same hats and hoodies and T-shirts. And I mean, down to the decals on your car. That shows that these guys know what they're doing. You know, they, 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 really, they really spend some time on not only their product, but also the unity and, and the look of the brand. Yeah, I mean, I would say if this audience, which I think I have a good idea of like, a typical what you said a million of them which yeah. is, is insane but you know I, I would say a typical cleaning company would be a lot like our organization which you know we've never been Google AdWords experts like we've tried <laughs> hiring marketing firms we've tried hiring internally we've we've tried every arbitrage that we can figure out but you know, buying the word cleaning or, or corporate no, cleaning. It's, it's, it's impossible. Carpets. It's, it's impossible. I mean, yeah. even, you know, even, you know, when, you know, we just did a, a, a thing where, uh, you know, we were trying to, to sell face masks um, on different social platforms where it's very, very complicated and so forth, but in bulk for companies to open up and so on and so forth. And we can never get the numbers right. So yeah, I would just say I'm gonna make a blanket statement that paid advertising has not been easy. Yeah. You know, does paid advertising work? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm yeah. sure you could figure direct some, to consumer. Sometimes yeah, yeah, direct to consumer a little bit more, but yeah. you know, what I can say a hundred percent confidently is that um, creating content consistently across all channels and having that content have a voice that is consistent works. Mm -hmm. If that voice is erratic, it confuses the end consumer. Yeah. You know, it's like if this specifical had a different colored label every time you, when you went to the fridge or when you went to the freezer or wherever you keep these things. You'd I, be, yeah, I don't even have to know it's specifical. I know. You know the colors, yeah. right? You'd be confused if, 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 you saw a different label on each one. So you guys, as Culture Studio, I know I've gone to you guys to help me recreate a design, recreate a logo. Um, I've used you guys for you know swag. Talk about as a you know as cleaning business owners, and you know I'll tell you guys is you guys have to you know look look for somebody that you can call, text, email, make make it a personal relationship uh, because this is going to be an important part of your business. Is having a go-to that can produce many different things, uh, and it's and it goes beyond just just apparel. That's why you know I, I want to emphasize you know these guys helped with coasters and stuff like this, where you guys are cre creators, right? You guys help with creativity of taking somebody's logo, taking somebody's image, and helping them with storytelling their brand. What other things than just people think of you know screen printing as t-shirts? What more? can the screen printing company do for a cleaning business? Yeah, I think um, like things that we've done successfully, successfully with you guys is 
like the apparel is one thing, you know, but then it's like, what type of apparel? Are we doing hoodies for the, for the fall and the winter time? Are we doing gloves? Are we doing, are you guys, are you guys outside working in the rain? So we can switch up and do some water resistant jackets. There's so many different products that you can choose and that all adds to the product line that you have. Um, but yeah, like even what you were talking about is like the relationships you have with your vendors are, are so important. Um, getting to a point where you're able to text them and call them and say, hey, I ran out of product for something. Can you overnight this stuff to me t tomorrow? Or can you even better drive it over to me today so I can finish this job? You know, you're only gonna get that service when you have a relationship with somebody. And I think that relationship goes, whether it's your apparel manufacturer, for your branding, your supplies, your machinery. If you have that type of relationship, you can get things done pretty quick. You know, mm -hmm. so relationship is definitely key. Um, but back to the branding thing, yeah, it's like you can do everything from, like you said, the coasters to apparel to signage to the list goes on of different things that you can brand. And it all plays into that brand recognition, I think. Mm -hmm. yeah. I would say, if, you know, if I'm a cleaning company looking for a merchandise company, I want to find somebody that, like, understands, like, the relevance of the product. Um, because I'm sure that, you know, in the grand scheme of things, all companies in our space can make a banner or yeah, a right. coaster or a t-shirt or, you know, so on and so forth. But, you know, what I would be searching for is a, a company that is thoughtful in the relevance of the product. So, like, they're, they're looking at you as a business and saying, okay, well, you guys are going to be in um, wet environments, so we're doing... Uh, you know, rubber boots that come come higher, that have the company logo on them, or whatever the case may be. You know, I think we're oftentimes uh, companies go wrong is trying to to sell a piece of branding that nobody wants. Mm -hmm. I think everybody gets that thing at an event that you don't want because mm -hmm. it's it, it's not necessarily a bad product or a poor quality product or so mm -hmm. forth, but it's irrelevant. Like, do I actually need to use this? Mm -hmm. And so. Uh, if I was, you know, in in this space looking to grow my brand, I would look at: is this product relevant to the business that I'm going to be doing, mm -hmm. or is it relevant to my people? Are they going to use it? Yeah. You know, like um, it's a hard sell to give somebody, or even worse, make them pay for something that they don't actually need. Yeah. Take face masks. Like yeah. we could sell face masks like all day, like crazy. I mean, it's just been insane. Why? Because people need them. Mm -hmm. Like, you actually, it's a law, you have yeah. to, which is an insane law, but it's a law that if you go outside to your local Walmart or wherever you shop, you have to wear one yeah, to walk in. So, like, that thought process, I think, is really like skyrocketed for us. It's mm -hmm. like, okay, let's focus on things that people need. Yeah. Like, if you need that, if you're a cleaning company and you wear gloves every day, then get logo gloves. Yeah. If you're a shipping company and you ship boxes every day and you put tape on them, get the logo tape. Yeah. You know, like think more, like a little simpler. Sometimes I think uh, we're often too creative. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like, but it's I got I gotta say, and, and this is a perfect example. And the segue is, the, you guys are my partner and a supporting partner in my business. Where, you know, Carlo, just an example of, I said, damn, I need vest, Carlo. I, I text Carlo, I email Rich, I I'm always sending them things that, hey, could you guys get this? Could I get this? Is this a good item? What's this product? What's this material? I don't know this shit. Yeah. I, I remember, I, I tried for like a couple months. I was like, oh, fuck this shit. I'm going to, 
I'm gonna order my own stuff and I'm just gonna send it to the guys. Yeah, yeah. No. Nightmare. Don't do that. I right? can't get a bunch of shirts from Target. Yeah. I'm gonna take that shit back. Nightmare. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just, you can't, you know, don't fight. Don't fight the process, right? The process is you guys are experts. You know, people in your line of business are experts at product, material, cost, logistics, you know, garments. Like, this is what you guys do. Mm-hmm. We don't do that. Let's trust the process. Mm-hmm. Now, you guys, I send stuff to you guys as ideas and, hey, can I do this? Ah, Rick, you don't want to do that. Yeah. That's, you don't, that's it. Where do you go? What's it going to be used as? Oh, I'm going to use it out in the rain and the guys are going to be working in, you know, in some tough environments. Yeah. That's going to, you're going to, it's gonna disintegrate. That's a bad piece of material. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's value that you guys bring to me. Where it, again, it's an easy message. And you'll tell me, Rick, where the hell did you find that? Yeah, yeah. get that. You gotta get that. Go just order, it. order, it. order, it. order, drop ship it, and get it printed. I'm gonna have to put a markup on it. Just buy it yourself. Yeah. That, those are examples yeah. of trust the partners that you have because you know whether it's your screen printing vendor, you know whether it's the person that helps you buy your trucks in our in our business. You guys know. You know, if you offer carpet cleaning or floor services or construction, you have vehicles now, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, then you could see that, you guys could probably see where I'm going with, oh, I know how to buy a car better than the car dealership. No, you don't. Mm-hmm. Let the car dealer buy the That's car, do. sell it to you. Yeah. Again, this is, the, so it just comes to like the support system you guys bring, right? You guys helped me create my logo, mm-hmm. right? The Rosalotto logo. Marley drew it, gave it to Rich. Rich sent it to the art department. We got our logo done. Nice. And now it's, yep. I, I don't have to worry about an yeah. art file because you guys have it. Made it ready to go on a banner. Made it ready to go yeah. on a t-shirt and business exactly. cards. Simplicity. There, there's, yeah, Simplicity. Yeah, there's there's uh, definitely technique behind all that. But also, also as vendors, I think it's important that we also pitch you ideas, you know, mm-hmm. because we're the experts. So it's like, you're out here closing the next deal, figuring out what next uh, property you're going to get into. And, if we're always feeding you ideas, like check out this new hoodie that came out. Look at these snapback hats that came out. It'll really match your brand. If we're feeding that stuff to you, that adds us even more as, as a better vendor as well. And like, what can we do that as we're vendors to other people is feeding people ideas. You know, like in cleaning, it's like, yeah, we use you for the carpets, but didn't know that you do tile. Yeah. And like, we wouldn't know unless you shot us over a new spec sheet saying, hey, did you know that now we're experts in tile? Holy shit, now I don't got to use this tile guy, I can use you. Yeah. And sometimes you forget to build sales mm-hmm. on the business that you already have. That's like, yeah. my, that's my key. Yeah. It's like, yeah. and that Because yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, you guys are dealing yeah. with other small business owners. So if you guys, I'm your go-to cleaner, you guys are going to send me referrals. Right? Exactly. So it's like building that network of vendors. Building network of vendors. we're a vendor too. We're, we're exactly. a vendor. Yeah. yeah. And then like just building your sales with the current clientele you have. Yeah. So like if you're already in and, and you're cleaning, you know, the offices for a company and then you just out you just added new contractor services, like don't go out and try to find new business. Just look at the business you already had and and, and pitch them. Upsell, yeah. and upsell, upsell, upsell to a point yeah. but it's you're expanding on the relationship. Sometimes, you know, we always try to go after the new deal, the new customer when you just go after your current customer base yeah. and try to upsell them and get to a close pretty quick. Yeah. So I, I wanted to now go in the direction back into entrepreneurship and, and business-minded stuff. So, Carlo, I have a topic for you, but Rich, I have a topic for you first. Is you are the, the business acumen part of culture, right? So, uh, whether you like it or not, like <laughs> I, I, I would slightly prefer to be in the <laughs> art department. You know, but, but tell us that. But, give, give, us, uh, give us some insight on, because you wear multiple hats, Carlo, I know you do too, but Rich, you, you wear multiple hats. Business, cleaning business owners... When they start, 
you know, just so you guys know, it's fragmented to the point where 90% of cleaning business owners don't reach a million in revenue. Mm -hmm. That's a big market. Yeah. Think about there's yeah. business owners, ten per, the other 10% are 10 million, 50 million, 100 million, 1 billion. Yeah, yeah. there's so, a big gap. Big, big gap. gap. So same, how could, same with our space. So how could, or how, what tips could you give from a business, whether it's, you know, reading books, reading articles, a podcast that you listen to, your, your a routine of how do you make yourself better as a person who has to wear multiple hats, mm -hmm. being a CEO or an owner of a business? Yep. Uh, I, I mean, I think that correlates because the typical business in our space, the benchmark is 900000 So 900000 in top-line revenue is the uh, median oh, uh, top-line revenue very for a uh, yeah. commercial printing company. Um, if you look at our whatever code, Nick code or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but I, you know, I think that you know, businesses in, in, in that size highly underestimate themselves. Um, and, and so, you know, I think it's easy to say, well, I don't know how to do that. You know, like, or I don't know, I've never, I've never done social media. I've never done branding or I've never done a mass email or I've never done, or we only have 34 followers or we, you know, like, I think that's the easy way out. I would say my recommendation is to like be, a little more exploratory with trying to uh, try things. You know, mm -hmm. if you have an email list and 10 people are on that email list, if you serve 10 of those people relevant information, then you're going to gain more business on that current clientele that you have. Mm -hmm. And to piggyback off what Carlos said, I think everybody is so consumed with what's next and they don't necessarily look at what they have. Uh, and so if you're doing 900,000 a year and you're at the median and you're having a really hard time getting to the next level, why? Because it's hard to do Google AdWords and your social media channels aren't you know, exploding and, and so on and so forth. Like it, it's thoughtful to turn on the inside and look at the client. If you have 10 people that love you, then you know, let's try to gain business with the 10 that you currently have. Uh, and so... Yeah, I think every like the easiest excuse is that um, I've never done that and I don't know how to do it, so I, and therefore I can't. Yeah. Um, and I would say if it's you're like a cop, it's it's almost a cop out. Yeah, like I'm I mean, pretty much. If you're it's an in, excuse. Yeah. If you're in the business, you know, at the end of the if you can control it, if you can't control it, then that's it's a different story. That's it's a different story. story. Yeah. Like it, if you if you open a bar and you're not a bartender you got problems. Yeah. But if you open a bar and you are a bartender, then worst case scenario it's is that you go and bartend. Yeah. You know, like, so uh, I would say, yeah, as long as you're in a business that you can control, like at the worst case scenario, you step in and do it, then you can then just consider to c consistent education. You know, yeah. like, like expand that education, like continue to learn, like, you know, what more can I do? Today I'm gonna to leave the business in a better place than I was yesterday. Yeah. I'm gonna learn how to do uh, you know, a new software system that can send mass emails. Even though I only have 10, I still, if I can reach 10, I'll be able to gain you know, uh, yeah. more, more revenue in that sense. So yeah. I think don't, don't, don't underestimate, underestimate yourself. yourself. You know, like, I like that. As long as you can control it, 
you know, go for it. Don't think about what you can't do. Because there's a lot of resources out there. Yeah, I mean, f your YouTube, you know, yeah. freaking YouTube. Yeah. Google it. You could, you could YouTube <laughs> damn near anything, you know, you could figure anything out. Um, yeah, if you don't have the skill set, I think that's a totally different conversation. Uh, and if you don't have the skill set and you don't have a brother, then you should go find somebody that yeah. has that skill set, you know, and bring them in the, your internal circle. Find a cousin, you know, just, right. yeah, yeah. just identify, identifying your, your shortcomings or weaknesses mm -hmm. to find somebody else to improve them. Yep. Right? Cause you should worry about your strengths. Yep. 100%. So, Carlo, let's talk about your strength is selling, right? Yeah. So let, so in you, you guys nailed it or you nailed it earlier when you said sales cures everything. You know, in our business, that that is a big thing. Like, you know, it's 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 a big big win if you win a five thousand dollar a month contract. It's a big win when you win a thousand dollar a month contract. Mm -hmm. It's a huge win when you know you win a nine hundred thousand dollar a year contract. But it's all driven by sales. Yeah. So talk about you know. I, I wish I had a whiteboard that we could talk about the yeah. art the art of negotiation John, that we talk yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, give us some tidbits on, you know. Up, Kind of that direction that we you know we've talked about. You've shown yeah. my people how to. Yeah. How do you negotiate about? Give us some of those tips on. You know, people fall flat sometimes. Like I don't want a cold call. I don't want. You know, I don't want to send an email blast. I don't want to walk in and knock on doors. Mm -hmm. Again, excuses. Yeah. Like how how what would you recommend? You don't know cleaning, but I know you already know how to sell cleaning. Yeah. You already showed my guys. Yeah. Like, give us some tips that you that people could walk away from right now to say, oh shit, you know what? Let me write that one down. Well. One, one thing that I like to talk about with our business, and sometimes we don't even know it, we don't even recognize it until we take a step back and look at it. And banks love this when they're like, oh, how much sales do you do? And we're like, oh, 15 million. And okay, well, you, can you do 15 million next year? And what I like about our business, and I, and I believe the cleaning, com cleaning companies well, are the same, is that we call our business reoccurring revenue, yeah. almost like the tech space. Yes, monthly tech, service charges. Monthly reoccurring revenue. Yeah. And up until up until now, recently, only tech companies say that. Like I, I closed 10 subscriptions for $100, and I got $1,000 of reoccurring revenue. Mm -hmm. Right? That's a tech statement. But it also, it also lives in our industry as well because like we close a deal, which is reoccurring revenue for us, and it's a lifetime client. So it's not just the 15 million that we're going to do this year. It's how much is that your number one client going to do every single year for the next 15 years, as long as you service them. Yeah. You got to come, and that's where the back of the house comes mm -hmm. in. Yeah. You, control. you close, you close the deal. The customer service. You close the deal, and that you know, and, and we always talk about it hunting. You go out there, you spear the next deal, throw it over your shoulder, and bring it back to camp. Look what I, look what I caught. <laughs> you know, look what I caught. Um, so reoccurring revenue is something to always remember. And reoccurring revenue is customer success. It's like, okay, I closed this deal for this physician uh, company and I signed a one-year contract. All right, cool. Signed a one-year contract, that, that could be $10,000 deal. Let's put, let's put a clause in there that I have first right of refusal. Let me try to get this and if I service you, let me sign, let me get another two-year extension. Now you know, you could predict that you're gonna do $10,000 a year with this client. Predictable revenue is incredible. So when you have predictable revenue with being able to forecast a little bit, it's huge. So always looking at your business as a little bit of reoccurring revenue is awesome. Actually, if you ask Rich and I, every single year for the last 12 years, what we're gonna do the next year in revenue, 
we've always been within 96% of the forecast. Mm -hmm. That's how predictable our revenue is. Wow. So our biggest client might be, you know, I'm just going to throw numbers out there. Let's say it's a million dollar client. If the market's the same, depending on if Travis Scott goes on tour this year and then Kanye West goes on tour and Drake goes on tour the same year, it's going to be a hell of a fucking year, you know, but sometimes they take some years off. So Travis Scott's on here, but then Guns N' Roses goes out, Rolling Stones goes out. It still usually equals out the same revenue for that one client. Yeah. So we've always been able to predict 96% of our revenue because of the recurring feature. So how does that play in your world? You know, what kind of contracts do you have? That you can look out into the into the not the future, maybe not five year. Yeah, that's the, the goofiest question I think. Is like, what are you, what are you, what's your five year plan? Yeah. Fuck knows. Huh? Yeah. Let's talk about at least one year. I don't Give know my one year. Yeah. I have no idea what five years looks like. I don't even know if I'll be alive. Yeah. But in one year, yeah, I, I can you got to give them the the back of the house. If you, who can build a house, but who can tear it down? Oh, that's one of my best quotes. <laughs> yeah. uh, I love that. Any one. jackass can kick down a barn but it takes a skilled carpenter to build one. And what that means is you can bring anybody in and they can mess up your entire process. Yeah. They can say, I know, I know how to do this better. You can bring an employee in and they, and they, they completely respond to one of your clients the wrong way. It's like, do you know how long it took me to get this client to this point? Mm -hmm. And you can kick down this barn with one jackass kick, mm -hmm. but it took a skilled carpenter to build it. Don't let anyone kick you down your barn. Yeah. So you gotta have some, some, true, some true insight on that. And that's like um, the, the backup of account management you know like it's one thing to be a skilled carpenter to go get a sale but it's another it's a completely different beast to, to maintain manage yeah. and maintain, manage, maintain and just exactly all right cool so four levers of negotiation so and this goes to any business now if you're selling t-shirts or if you're selling hand sanitizer or whatever the hell it is mm -hmm. this this plays into a role so how many times in 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 any of our careers where we're so happy to get a sale We'll do whatever the hell it takes, right? Mm -hmm. so, so someone says, hey, I want a, I want a thousand shirts. Or in your instance, um, yeah, you can clean my office for a week. And you're like, okay, here's my price, a thousand bucks. And they come back, no, I, I only have an $800 budget. And you say, okay, I'll take it. <laughs> That's been the, the story of my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Done. Done. You'll sign up. You'll sign up. Okay, take that. Okay, that, I think that's what every, every person, especially in the beginning stages, like, you give them, you just gave them 200 bucks off. You got the deal, but what else did you get from it? Nothing. You got the deal. So the four levers of negotiation is pretty much putting you in a spot to get something more for that discount that you're giving. Okay, that's the basis of it. Let's say I'm on the negotiation team for Rosalado, and you call me in because you got a huge Uber account you're about to close. It's massive. Let me bring Carlo in. I got, we got to close the deal. So here I come in. I say, okay, Uber, uh, you got you know, 100 offices, and this is going to be a big deal for us. Can we start by me writing down on the board what's important for me at Rosalado? This is what's important for our organization. Number one is volume. Okay, talk about volume. Number two is cash. Number three is length of commitment. And four is timing of the deal. These four things are what means the most to my organization and probably the most to anyone's organization, right? Volume, cash, length of commitment, and timing of the deal. Those four things mean so much to all of us. So you go, okay, I gave you a quote for $100,000 and they want a discount. They want $80,000. That's their budget. Usually we say, okay, let's do it. We take it. <laughs> We're going to get there. I'm going to take the $80,000 no matter what, but I'm going to get something out of it. Volume. You know what? You, I know you have 200 offices, Uber, and you're only giving me 100. You want $20,000 discount. How about you give me 150 offices? 
for the same okay. for the same rate. I'm gonna give. I want to get you to that discount, your twenty percent discount, but I want fifty more offices. Is that how's that sound? And they say no. Okay, cool. You want a discount still, right? But let me mark off the volume. You won't give me another fifty. All right. So you're not gonna come my way on this, but you still want your discount, right? Okay, cool. Let's keep moving on down the line. Cash. What are your normal terms? Net thirty. Okay. Yeah. How about we do net fifteen instead? Or better yet, let's do 50 percent uh, credit card up front and fifty percent after. That's better cash commitment, right? That's, that's faster money. That's we all want money faster. Yeah. And, they're like, and they're like, all right, shit, it's a million, it's a million dollar deal, and I'm gonna pay you the money anyway. Let's do net fifteen. Done. I'm gonna give you five percent discount for that. We do it for. I'm gonna pay. Yeah, we you get that. a discount. We'll pay early. We'll pay. Yeah. We'll prepay yeah. if we get a discount. So I'm already gonna give net thirty terms, but let's do. Let's do net 15 or let's do 50% deposit. All right, cool. I'm going to pay you back for that in the form of a discount. Here's 5% off yeah. because I'm getting something. I'll take it. Yeah. Oh, shit. If I can get 15, 15, you know, net 15, 15 days faster, two weeks quicker. Yeah, that's good. Win-win. I'm getting something. I wasn't going to give them that, that, that discount anyway, but now I'm getting faster cash. I'm going to pay you back in the form of a discount. Mm -hmm. Right? And then now we go to length of commitment. Usually, we just close that deal move on with no shaking hands no commitment saying you know what let's lock this in. let's lock this rate in for a year you know let's lock this in i don't have to i don't have to continue this dog this dog and pony show yeah. and try to continue to do this let's lock this rate in for a year now i got that predictable revenue we just talked about and let's lock it in for a year better yet let's do it for two because in our case usually it's a one-year contract we would say let's do two years let's do two years, right. do two years. Let's, you know, so now i got now when my sales team comes to me and say hey what do you think we're going to forecast for next year well i closed two deals where i landed two-year contract i already know we're going to do twenty thousand on this account yeah and mind you the bank they loves it they loves some contract yeah that's why they love the service business. every time we say we're close with our clients we know their kids yeah. they completely exactly. disregard the conversation. So timing of the, the deal. They come back to you and say, all right, cool, let's do two years. You guys are awesome, I like your product, and well, I don't wanna do this again with another company, let's do two years. Mm -hmm. Now, I still give them the damn discount I was gonna give to them anyway, but I just walked away with better terms and a two-year contract, which before I would just walk away with nothing because I was so happy yeah, to close the deal. Just to get the deal. Mm -hmm. And then finally is timing of the deal. And how many times have you gone and pitched these big accounts and they're like, okay, yeah, um, yeah, we got we got to use up the guy we're using right now. In four months, check back in. All right, well, check this out. You want this really good price? I can lock you in if you sign the deal today. Sign it today. We can start three months from now. But let's get this deal signed today or within a week. I'll lock you in and we'll move forward. So now you're putting a time constraint on them. Mm -hmm. Time constraint, commitment. a commitment, but you're also putting some timing to it. So now you got all the things that you wanted, and you're gonna lock this in within a week. So many of us salespeople, I've, I've done it many times, it's like, yes, that was awesome. Check back with, in with me five months from now. I'm like, damn, I just did all that, the whole show. <laughs> and you did nothing. Oh, shit, I did all that, and I, and, and I got to check back in? No, let's do this within a week. Let's lock this in. And now, if you never would have done that, you would have done the same thing and walked in, did, 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 did yeah. it for the 20% discount, and got nothing for it. But yeah. now I'm walking in with a better cash stance. I'm walking in, and maybe if you're really good at what you're doing, you would have got the volume deal too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like to walk away with all four. Yeah. I'll check them out. Bam, bam, bam. So in my in my in my instance, I go, thank you for the five hundred thousand dollars worth of annual business. I know you give a million away. Give me another two hundred thousand. What do I need to do to get that? Yeah. Twenty percent discount is how you get. Mm -hmm. So you lock it in. Four levers of negotiation. You can use this in 
in everything that you do from buying a car to, to yeah. landing more deals, anything that involves negotiation, you can use one of these levers, you're going to walk away with something when you already were going to give it anyways. You know, I do feel that too, that um, clients have a newfound respect for a vendor when they go mm -hmm. at this yeah, because this is a value. The, the, and, and that this is a value of professionalism that they're they're un, they're not used to. Yeah. Um, you know, most clients at the end of this conversation don't aren't taken back. They're actually quite drawn in. Yeah. They almost feel like they're they're part of the negotiation. Yeah. And then if it's a larger organization, they're sharing it. You know, yeah, like, exactly. like hey, it's, guys, it's a we. Yeah, like it's guess what? Approach. Like we just beat the shit out of our yeah. new company, and they they gave us one, two, three, and four things that we had wanted, and like, but really, yeah, you know, really, you're, well, both you're winning. You know, yeah, like, it like it's a win-win. Yeah, and they have the cash so they can pay it out early. Yeah. They want the discount so they're willing to give more volume. Yeah. It's totally a win-win. And, and I want to end with, but then get those terms in a quick contract. Yeah, one page. You know, and, and don't even call it a con legal contract. Yeah. Oh, don't even call it a contract because yeah, people are no, scared, right. and then you got to go through legal. Like, Sell sheets. It's, it's, it's an agreement. One right? sheet. Service, yeah. service yeah. agreement. I, I, I say, you don't mind if I write this down so we know that we can revisit this a year yeah. from now? There's no lawyers involved. Let's not go through the red so, tape and everything. So one sheet. Not, yeah. so, so we can check, and then we can check each other's performance. You know, like did we did we do the performance that we said we were going to do? Did we clean as fast? Did we have the right response rate? Did you pay us in time? Did you give me the more volumes? Accountability. Accountability yeah. on both parts. Did I live yeah. up to what I what I said? And did you live up to it? And let's check back in a year from now. And maybe the terms get better. Or maybe we lock it in for another year. Whatever it is. Yeah. Get it in writing. And then when you go to the bank and say, hey, I got 10 contracts, 10 commitments with cash, with volume, everything. How's that look? It's a totally different conversation. Way, yeah, way better position. Yeah. Definitely a totally different conversation. So, I could keep, we could keep going here. <laughs> yeah, this, yeah. this is uh, this, I'm sorry for this is probably the longest episode we've had. But to end though, you guys, can you guys let the audience know how do you find Culture Studio? Like where? What's your social media? What's your email? What's your the, Culture Studio? Yeah, yeah. yeah. CultureStudio.net is the yeah. website. You can find us on LinkedIn, Instagram, social Facebook. Studio. All the socials is CultureStudio.net. Um, we're very active, so you know whatever we can do to help. And you guys can service anybody in the country. Anyone in the country. Right. Yeah, we're, we're Chicago, local Chicago people. But, um, yeah, we have national distribution anywhere in the country. So, yeah, if you guys need any services, you know, give us a holler. We'll help you out. Cool. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this one. This was a good one. Uh, as you guys can see, the passion is here. The passion just is going to ooze through this episode. But, you guys, cheers. Cheers, cheers. guys. I appreciate Salute. it. Boom. Uh -huh. All right. Thanks, Salute. guys.